the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Welcome to the Tim DeMoss Show podcast. You can hear the program each weekday afternoon from 4 till 5 on AM 560 WFIL and WFIL.com. Indeed, and that cheer was going around the stadium last night in the Meadowlands last night. And I can tell you that firsthand because I was there. My son got us tickets for that. It was a fantastic time. We'll get into that in a second. First, a quick check on the forecast. Cloudy, a little sun the rest of the afternoon. High of 45. A cloudy tonight, low 37. Kind of cloudy tomorrow. A little sunshine entering the picture. And a high up to 50. Flyers 2-1 over Anaheim last night. No T. Sean Couturier and Kevin Hayes each scoring a goal. Uh, and uh, Jake Voracek assisting on both of those goals. Brian Elliott, 27 saves on 28 shots. They're at the L.A. Kings to bring in the new year, perhaps, if the game goes long enough. It starts at 9. Sixers at Indiana tomorrow afternoon at 3. And, of course, the Eagles with a nice win, 34-17, taking the first place in the NFC East as they beat the Giants last night, which means they'll be at home this Sunday at 440 against the Seattle Seahawks. The rest of the schedule, Buffalo at Houston, 435 on Saturday. Tennessee at New England at 8.15, and then Sunday, Minnesota at New Orleans at 105 prior to the Eagles capping off that weekend. Then you had the 49ers, Ravens, Chiefs, and Packers all waiting to see who uh, wins this coming weekend for their matchups. And we bring in, as we, uh, our guest uh, to kick things off here, Rob Motti from the Associated Press, who's been writing and covering Eagles games for 20 years or so now. How you doing, Rob? Hey, Timmy. How are you, buddy? Good. You know, prior to Christmas... My understanding is you had covered 156, and I want to back up for a second. You had covered 156 of 159 Eagles games or something like that the past 20 years or so, and the three games you missed, the Eagles won all of them over the years, right? Yeah, and, and that was, I qualified that as regular season home games, not right. counting anything else. Right. So over the 20 years, uh, 156 out of 159, <laughs> uh, I was away for the December uh, Cowboy game, second game yeah. against Dallas, and uh, they happen to win that one. So it is now four and zero. So if you want a petition uh, to get me to move to Florida or stay away <laughs> from regular season home games, I am all for it. I believe some fans started to go fund me jokingly. I don't think it's real. Yeah, but uh, uh, whatever, whatever y'all want to do, I am more than willing to move to Florida and stay away from Eagles coverage. Well, Rob has. Uh, it's funny because um, I mentioned my son. Uh, surprised me with tickets, my, our firstborn, Tim. And um, when we were there and the game was over, we looked at each other because we had never been to – he had never been to a game before. And I, I have, as a member of the press, been to many, but I had never been to a, 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 an Eagles away game. I'd been to one home game. And just – I've covered a lot of games. So 
this was a we were looking at each other like so did we help them was it us you know just like you with your thing we're like <laughs> we each were one and else so and maybe the eagles will pay for us to come to the next game so uh anyhow what an exciting time huh recording what a great game yeah yeah it, cer- it certainly was they they clinched the division they're heading to the playoffs and just the way they're doing it uh, with a bunch of guys who are off the practice squad really like to finish yesterday's game over the giants with seven starters on offense out injured. Yeah. Uh, we know the receivers who are out. Zach Earth wasn't playing. Then they lose Brandon Brooks. They lose Miles Sanders. And it's just the epitome of team uh, stepping up, guys coming in, doing their job, persevering. All these players off the practice squad. I put out a stat after the game that the five players who were uh, five skill guys Boston Scott, Deontay Burnett, Greg Ward, uh, Josh Perkins, and Robert Davis yesterday. Since August 31st, those five guys have been cut a combined eight times by four different teams. <laughs> wow. And, and, and that's it. That's eight times they've been told, you're not good enough to make this team. We don't want you anymore. And then here they are. And in the biggest game of the season for the Eagles in the elimination game, there they are stepping up and, and getting the job done. So it just speaks to how this team has been able to overcome adversity. Uh, one year after another, one injury after another. And the only difference is this time around, Carson Wentz is the healthy one, and seemingly everyone around him is going down with injury. Yeah, isn't that something? Yeah. Rob Motti is our guest. It's the Tim DeMoss Show on WFIL. Uh, a couple of things as you're talking there that come to mind. Let's start with the obvious one, Carson Wentz, and that whole storyline. Uh, you know, obviously with the Super Bowl win a couple of years back, and uh, the, the, the lingering question a little bit in some people's minds, at least, will he ever kind of shake the shadow of Nick Foles, uh, forgetting that, that, that Wentz has a Super Bowl ring on his finger as well. Um, with, I was actually thinking, you know, it's going to take at least a Super Bowl win, perhaps, for people to appreciate him more fully. And even then, the specialness of how the Super Bowl a couple years ago unfolded might make it hard. Maybe needs two. But even what's happening now with most of these teammates injured it's really nothing short of amazing, and I think that people are starting to catch a glimpse of, you know what, even if maybe if you can get a playoff win out of this or, or even a couple, it doesn't have to necessarily win the Super Bowl. Maybe this is enough to say, guess what? He's playing, the, the field is empty of all the starters. He's still helping them win. I hadn't seen that picture coming, but it's a storyline that's, that's been developing. Yeah, for sure. And the fact that they got to the playoffs – uh, is huge for Carson to be able to get him his first start, to be able to win a division title, to kind of break free from that shadow of Nick Foles. And, uh, you know, much is made of the debate between I, – I think we finally put that to rest. I think Carson has shown he's clutched these last four games, yeah. two comeback wins. Uh, I didn't buy into all that nonsense and all that debate. Uh, I've always summed it up like this. Nick Foles should forever be revered in the city of Philadelphia. He's a legend. Um, there is perhaps no better human being that I've ever met in 20 years covering sports. Just a great guy, a terrific man of Christ, won a Super Bowl, and should forever be a legend here. Carson Wentz is a franchise quarterback. There should have been no debate to start with, and he's proven why all the doubters were wrong, all the critics were wrong, and although some still don't want to uh, prove that or, or admit that at this point, uh, I, I think uh, a lot of people who were on that negative side have come around a little bit and, and can understand that Carson is the man. He is the guy here. He is the franchise quarterback. And uh, we'll see if he can get them a playoff win over Seattle. It's a tough game. Seattle, though, however, has struggled lately. They've uh, never lost 
to the Eagles with Russell Wilson 4-0. and So it should be a very interesting matchup. The fact that it's home where the Eagles' defense has thrived this season, 16.8 points allowed per game, tied for third best in the NFL, um, should certainly help this team. But let's see who can line up and, and, and be out there uh, healthy. We know Brandon Books is now out for the season, but perhaps Lane Johnson could come back this week. And maybe Zach Ertz, I'm not sure just yet, and I don't think the Eagles know just yet, uh, Miles Sanders, they kind of dodged the bullet there and that he should be fine despite the ankle injury yesterday, and they're going to need him. That's great. Rob Motti is our guest. You can spell you spell his name, by the way, M-A-A-D-D-I. If you want to Google him, there are a lot of different ways you'll find him, including the pieces that he writes for the Associated Press. Also hosts a program called Faith on the Field, which kind of segues to the other thing I was going to just run by you for a moment. You mentioned all those players who have been cut multiple times and basically been told you're not good enough. And uh, it, just in general, the, 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 it speaks to, I think, any of us, if you're discouraged about something, the, it speaks to those players, too. Carson Wentz's ability to work with them, but it speaks to the players for their perseverance in the midst of being cut, told you're not good enough, let me keep trying, let me keep trying, and don't, you know, don't take no for an answer, if you will. Um, so just in general, as, a, as, a, as an observation, uh, but one of the players, too, that he's been working with, uh, uh, Boston Scott, with three touchdowns yesterday— and he was on your program, and you actually had a cool clip uh, in, the, in the locker room the other day from him wearing a, a shirt of your show. <laughs> yeah, it, it, it was really cool. Boston came out to uh, my sports show back in September, I believe, when he was still on the practice squad. And uh, we also talked about his faith and, and played that interview on Faith on the Field show, and I gave him one of our, our My Story, His Glory t-shirts, and he was just walking around. Uh, wearing it on on Friday, and yeah, you know, I, I took a picture, took a little video of him doing that, and happened to go out there and score three touchdowns. So this <laughs> week we're going to replay the episode. People can, if they want to find it, go on faithonthefieldshow dot com or wherever you listen to your podcast. Just check out Faith on the Field. You can find that in interview and that episode with Boston Scott, and he, he's just a guy who has always lived by, hey, control what you can control. You can't control what other people think of you. You can only control. Uh, what you do, how you put forth your best effort, and live your life to please the Lord rather than living your life to please other people. So that's what we centered that episode, that topic on, and uh, it was really fun. He's just a great guy. Josh Perkins also, he came out, talked to him about his faith. Uh, uh, He's going to be on a future episode. So it's really nice to see good guys uh, develop into very good players and and make significant contributions for this football team. FaithOnTheFieldShow.com, again, where you can find that episode uh, with Rob Motties, and you've had many episodes people can enjoy. And just as a side note, too, on a fun kind of thing, uh, you know, we were at the game last night. My son and I were up in the 300 level, like basically midfield, and it's freezing. We have our ponchos. We have multiple layers. We're realizing how cold. My son's like, you know, the ponchos are protecting us from getting wet, but it's so cold, the water is probably 40 or 42 degrees, that it's like sitting in a pool of water that's 40 or 42 degrees and the water's on our and that's why we're like why are we so cold you know so but while we're sitting there watching it 17 17 going to the fourth quarter and um then the eagles get their field goal i think it's 20 to 17 and some giants fans actually started to leave and then 27 17 more giants fans started leaving and i think at which point one of the eagles fans to the left of us uh, said hey where are you going to, you know, to, to the giants fans because it was all giants fans leaving there's still more game to play it was just a really fun, and then they scored another touchdown and more Giants fans left because they didn't have anything really to stay for at that point. Their only hope was to, you know, not going to make the playoffs. Their only hope was to knock the Eagles out perhaps and maybe see Manning's last game or whatever. So it was just a fun kind of a trash-talking thing. But overall, I was actually pleasantly surprised the fans there were were 
pretty good. You know, there was not a lot of, uh, I was afraid to stand up and cheer too much. I didn't want anything landing on my head. <laughs> yeah. You got to be careful. Always got to be careful. <laughs> yeah. For sure. Yeah. Yeah. Good deal. Well, enjoy your uh, rest of your day, my friend. It feels, I was going to say weekend, but it's like Monday. I get thrown off by the yes. holiday. <laughs> I don't know what day yes, it is anymore. Yes. Well, happy new year to you, Timmy. Happy new year to all your listeners. Happy and blessed to everyone there. And, and, and thank you for having me for coming on again. Amen. God bless you, my friend. Have a great rest of your day. Thank you. Oh. All right, bye-bye. That's Rob Motti. Again, you can spell you spell his last name M-A-A-D-D-I. He's the head writer for the Eagles and for the Phillies for the past 20 years or so for the Associated Press in Philadelphia, and, uh, and uh, we're glad to have him on. He's one of our guests that we've had on a number of times, every now and again on the program throughout the year. And what we have for you today, kind of springboarding off of that, the rest of the program today, I want to just give you some clips from other interviews we've had if you are new to the program and it's not unusual for folks to be just tuning in for the very first time had a caller like that last week just said hey i heard your little promo thing running and i tuned your show in first time ever did that that was just last week and uh we've been on for a year and a half now so that's not uncommon so we thought we would use today as a little bit of a look back on things that we had uh, conversations in 2019 and give you a little cross-section to give an appreciation or an understanding of more where this program's coming from. So we'll get into that in just a second. We're back with uh, our first little clip for you in a moment. It's Tim DeMoss Show, AM560, WFIL.com, and on the WFIL app. Thanks for tuning in today. You're listening to a podcast of the Tim DeMoss Show, heard weekday afternoons 4 till 5 on AM560, WFIL, and at WFIL.com. Four seventeen on the Tim DeMoss Show, AM 560, WFIL.com, and on the WFIL app. Thanks for tuning in today. If you're just listening in, we uh, had a nice little chat with Rob Motti, who's the head writer for the Eagles for the Associated Press, been covering them for 20 years. Had a nice conversation about the Eagles win last night against the New York Giants and some things to come and some related topics. You can catch a podcast of that a little bit after the program is done today. That and podcasts of all previous programs. We have, I don't know, a couple hundred of them or more at this point at WFIL.com. Help yourself to that. Um, we have, ready for you, courtesy of Danny who's been working hard at this. How are you, Danny? How was your, your weekend? Uh, you jumped right I'm into the show you? asking you. Was it good for you? Good weekend? Yeah. Yeah? What'd you do? I watched the Eagles game. Okay, then. Uh, I think that's about it. <laughs> All right. Well, that's... It was the... very relaxing. Yeah. Well, it was exciting to watch last night. Do you have any good snacks going? That's always important. So many. Yeah. I can barely fit into my jeans do, today. Do you buy or do you make? No, I make. Like? I have this amazing taco dip. Okay. It is so good. The secret to it is cream cheese. Okay. Delicious. So you're going to bring some in sometime, right? Sure. Okay. Sure. And Love. we had some roast beef sandwiches during Ooh. the show, during the game. Any horseradish in there? No, I don't like horseradish. Really? Are What's you wrong fan? with you? You like well, it? Horseradish is, a, is the best part of our roast beef oh, sandwich. No. Oh, yeah. Ugh. Uh, yeah. All right. Well, we disagree on that, but that's okay. Good roast beef sandwich is a good roast beef sandwich. That's true. Okay. Well, that's nice. It sounds delish. We didn't, we, my wife packed this stuff so we didn't have to spend money at the stadium. That's so thoughtful. So, hot dog. Take a guess how much a hot dog was. It had to have been $8. 10 Yeah. And a uh, bottle of water, 5 Yeah. This, uh, can you, you can bring in your own food? No. So did you? Ate on the way up and after. The... We got kind of, even we weren't all that hungry right before, like, 
but this is going to save us money, so eat. Right. <laughs> so. I know, it's expensive. We were going to just go for it and buy some a couple things, but it's like, you know what? Let's not be dumb about this because you really can drop a lot of money really fast. So, yeah, everything was, like, they were walking, there was a guy walking around because it was cold in the stands, uh, raining and everything, and they were, they had hot, they had cocoa for $10 a cup. Wow. I'm like, $10? Are you serious? And you know it's the packet hot chocolate. Probably. Yeah. Yeah. Even if it's not, $10. And it wasn't even a big, it was just like probably 16 ounce. So mm. we were good. Anyhow, yeah, we had nice snacks on the way up and down and even stopped for a little sandwich afterwards on the way back. So uh, anyhow, it, w- it was fun. But um, so that was good. I'm glad you had a good weekend. Cause, yeah. And I know that we're back into the week here. It's a short week before the year turns over into 2020. Mm-hmm. And we talked about it and thought, you know what? It might be nice for people to have a chance to hear a little bit about what the show's like year-round, right? Yeah. Right. So um, so just so people understand, this program, hopefully, if I explain it in a short way, is the desire for it is to be like what I would say, my, I hope my life is like off the air, which would be it's clearly Christian. You know where I stand. But it's not about me in that regard. It's about the Lord. So I hope the program points you to the Lord. If you're a believer, it strengthens you in your walk. If you're not a believer, you would give God consideration on his terms, not on your terms. You don't get to make up what God, who God is. And not that I know every single thing about who God is, but there are some things I think he's super clear on, uh, such as Jesus being the son of God. That's one thing that if you listen long enough, you'll hear us talk about that. If you don't think so, you're certainly allowed to think that. I would disagree with you politely and humbly. And then again, I'm not anybody's judge, but we would hope that you would know that that's the framework that the program is built on. And more importantly, most importantly, that you would give him consideration. So to that end, most of our guests are believers, but not all. And we hope this would be kind of an area where we could have some, you know, well-structured conversation with folks and maybe establish some common ground and just some relationship. If just like life would be off the air, and I hope each of us has those times that are clearly Christian times where we're talking with God, we have devotions, we go to church and we spend time with other people encouraging each other in our faith. But I hope you also have a lot of time, you know, at least some time with people who don't know the Lord and just a chance to have friendships with people. You can even learn from people, right, who don't know the Lord. It's not like we know everything and nobody else knows anything. Uh, but but the point being that that life has that relationship angle to it. So rather than this program being just a traditionally what you call a Christian program with just Christian people talking about Christian things, we do try to branch out. So we'll give you a couple of examples of that in the hour here. Uh, we may do this tomorrow too, but uh, that all said, let me give it a good, good example. Also, besides that, we want to have it be local to international. So the other major part of this program is based on John three sixteen. For God so loved the world, he gave his one and only son, that whoever believes in him should not perish but have eternal life. So we just celebrated Christmas, the birth of Christ. Anybody who is willing to consider him and embrace him um, – that's for you. So we don't hold a uh, a market on that specifically, right? If you're a Christian, it's not you know, Jesus. Jesus died for you, <clears throat> excuse me, but not just for you. So let's remember to hold loosely onto that and be a channel or a blessing to other people, and not be um, hoarding Christ, if you will, just for ourselves. Uh, so this first clip we'll give you is from a gentleman named John D'Antonio, who is local. He's actually a a, a well known caterer in the market, and he has quite. A testimony. This is one clip for you from February earlier this year. John was actually in studio with us. When I realized that I was totally addicted and my life was spiraling out of control and people were talking about using guns and I was supposed to be involved. And How old were you? It maybe? was getting messy. I was only 18, 19. Are you kidding? And these people thought I was you know, probably 23. Most of the people 
I did business with was well, thought you were old. Thought I was older. I always looked older. Okay. So my idea was I knew I had to get out. I knew that things were going to change. I was going to end up in jail. I, I, I was so addicted. I just I I didn't talk to my parents anymore. It was a whole different whole different life. So my idea was instead of making my rounds to sell drugs and drop off drugs. I was just going to make my rounds and pick up money and just leave and then go to Mexico for a year. That was my idea. Go to Mexico forever, actually, was my idea. And do who knows what? Well, just get clean. I'll just go live on the beach and, you know, believe it or not, just get off drugs in Mexico. That was my idea. But that last night up at Penn State where I was supposed to be in Mexico the next day on the plane, I knew I had to quit Coke. So I just gave all my Coke away, sold it, traded it. And I ended up trading it for big bag of ecstasy which was a popular drug back then and you're only supposed to do a little bit and i end up doing way too much i treated it like coke it looked like coke yeah um in the in the powder form and i probably almost od'd um and i was really messed up and sitting in this radio station i just remembered this part of my testimony which i don't share much because i was so whacked out i don't i don't remember it well but i remember it now because we're in a radio station, Christian radio station. I remember being so wigged out, driving down to the airport and having my one of my best friend at the time. Um, actually, he was driving my car. He was going to drop me off, and he was going to, just going to take my car, and I was going to be gone. But we, we were going through the radio. We couldn't find anything. We landed on a Christian Pentecostal Program. hellfire brimstone preacher, you know? Yeah. And it was just yeah. preaching, you know? abomination and i'm like you know that's us that's us that's what we're that's what we're doing like we need you know and maybe then i don't remember i could have asked the lord into my life no idea be honest with you but it was part of the i'm remembering as i sit here so then i get to the airport um i was so whacked out i left all my bags on the i left all my bags in philly i didn't even my bags never even made it to mexico (laughs) (laughs) and i flew first class so i had um I had a lot of money, and I had all my money on me. I had this this guest vest, this denim vest. I had all these pockets. I had every single solitary cent in my in my on my being, and um, but no bags. No, well, a little a bit, a, so one bag down, you know, because I, I I thought I'd need some some pot to help me get off, like help me get through the first day without coke. So okay. I flew first class. I sat down. I ordered <laughs> ordered a wild turkey on the rocks at seven o'clock in the morning. And uh, I just sat there and said, okay, one day without Coke. Started to read my book or something. And this huge behemoth of a man just walks onto, onto the plane. I had no idea who he was. This was 1987. I'm like, that has to be a football player. He sits right next to me. I, want, I didn't really want anything to do with anybody. So I just, you know, start drinking. And This is on the plane. This is on the plane. To Mexico. To Mexico. But there was a layover in Tennessee. Reggie White lived in Tennessee at the time. Yeah. So there was a... A layover in Tennessee, and I, I proceeded to Mexico. Well, by the time we got to Tennessee, I was a wreck. I was I was in the bathroom eating all my pot, trying to get off the, you know, my first day without Coke. It's more of a psychological addiction. It's not necessarily like heroin, which, I mean, honestly, I've done all the drugs, but Coke is where yeah. I kind of, um. so so I was, I was a wreck. I was drunk because I, I can go on and on. Yeah. But I was, uh, I was a spectacle, to say the least. So You're in first class. Reggie White never said anything to me. He was probably more annoyed that I was sitting next to him than anything. Um, <laughs> but he, he's sitting. He next sat to you right in next to class. me in first class, and all I wanted to do was drink and eat my pot and flirt with the stewardess. That's all I wanted to do, yeah. you know. Yeah. And um, so when we had the layover, I had to get up. He got up because he was getting off, and I was staying. I was going to Mexico. Okay. 
And he never said a word to me. I don't think he said a word. He must he must have said I was pretty, you know, out of it, but he might have said, Here, read this or something, but I don't remember any words. I remember him handing me a track hmm. of who Jesus was. No idea what that was. I put it in my pocket with all the other things that were in my pocket. And um I went to Mexico. You're there for I don't know three how, weeks. I don't know how much longer. Probably about two weeks, three weeks. I, I just said, you know, I think I can handle this life I they life back in Philly now. Maybe I'll go back. You know, I, I really wanted Coke. I still wanted Coke. So I went when my bags arrived because I lost my bags. I left my bags. Back I went. Philly, I went through every single solitary thing that I brought, looking for Coke in my old clothes, and and I found some. And it's just this little tease, and and but but what I really found was that track that Reggie White gave me. And I start looking through it, and I'm like, start talking about God. Now that's the first time I haven't been high in a very long time. You know what I mean? Yeah. So um, so God. It was I heard I read something about God. I I I just took that track, and I went to the beach and I read it. Mm-hmm. And then after I read it, I agreed with everything it said about me being a sinner. And 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 the thing I remember most is that it said, if you want to know God, He will show Himself to you. You have to ask. If you ask Jesus for forgiveness, He will forgive you. And I looked out at the water and I said, God, if you're real. I really want to know. And Timmy, I'm telling you, and anyone listening has kids in this position, when they when they get to that point and they cry out, God comes. It's John D'Antonio, one of many guests we've had the privilege of having on the program this year. That was from February 4th, 2019. If you want to look that up, you're welcome to hear the entire program. John was in studio with us for the entire hour, so there's a lot more to it than those five minutes or so. But that gives you a little example of what this program's about. We'll take a quick break, come back, and give you some more uh, snippets from 2019 to give you, again, a cross-section of what's available to you, Lord willing, on a daily basis over the course of a week and currently on our podcast uh, page at WFIL.com. Back in just a moment with more WFIL. Thanks for tuning in to the Tim DeMoss Show podcast with AM560 WFIL and WFIL.com. It's 4.33 in the Tim DeMoss Show and WFIL, WFL.com, and on the app, too. Forecast calling for a little sunshine poking through the clouds over the next hour or two. Nice to see that a little bit. Then just kind of cloudy tonight, low 37. On the cloudy side again tomorrow, occasional sunshine breaking through. Tomorrow's high up to 50. Flyers 2-1 over Anaheim last night in overtime. Sean Couturier and Kevin Hayes each with a goal. Jake Voracek assisting on both. Brian Elliott, 27 saves. They're at the LA Kings tomorrow night to bring in the new year. Depending on how long the game goes, I suppose it starts at 9. Sixers at Indiana tomorrow afternoon at 3. And the Eagles, of course, with a huge win yesterday, 34-17 over the Giants. The New York football Giants, as they refer themselves to. I was at the game because my son got us tickets. We had never been to a game together. I've covered the Eagles and been in the press box, but I've never actually attended an away game. I've attended one home game, and it's a different experience. It's interesting, especially when it's pouring rain, it's cold, and you're in enemy territory, so to speak. But it was a great time. And uh, at one point, he's like, How, why do they say New York football giants? And uh, you know what? My understanding is because there's a, at least historically speaking in baseball, there has been a New York baseball giants who then moved out of town, just like there was the Brooklyn Dodgers in New York, who eventually moved to Los Angeles, uh, if I have my... History straight. So I think they may do that partly because it's a, 
it's just kind of a, a branding thing, New York football giants. I actually think it sounds pretty cool, not redundant, just kind of a, a cool way of doing it. Nonetheless, of course, the Eagles with the win, they take first place in the NFC East, and now they get ready for their home game this Sunday at 440 against Seattle, Buffalo at Houston, and Tennessee at New England play first on Saturday, Minnesota at New Orleans at 105 Sunday, and then the Eagles and Seattle play. And then they have the other four teams, uh, 49ers, Ra- uh, Ravens, Chiefs and Packers all have the weekend off and they'll play the winner of the games that are happening this weekend. So hopefully Carson Wentz and company can take care of business. Hopefully they can get some of those players who have been injured off the, uh, the injured side of things and back on the field. We'll see how it plays out, but just the fact they made it to the dance, so to speak, is a, is a nice, a nice thing, a nice accomplishment. If you're tuning in now today, as part of what we're doing, we're playing some clips for you from interviews from this uh, previous year, as the year winds down, we realize that people listen to the station and discover the station, you know, all the time. And so it's nice to help people have context for things. And if you happen to tune in between four and five weekdays at this time, you have a program that is um, bringing you interviews, although we take calls, too, and do other things, too. Um, but the interviews range. And again, I mentioned this a little while ago, mostly a kind of a Christian-based thing, uh, but not all interviews are, are believers. Uh, sometimes we try to build some bridges with those who may not be. One such interview was with a, a woman named Natasha Bedingfield, and she had a huge song in the 90s. I think it was 96. It was actually the most played song of the entire year. It was called Unwritten. And uh, I remember going through uh, kind of a hard time and um, in my life, and I, or was it 2006? Man, I've lost track you know you're getting a little older when you lose track of decades. Is it 96 or 06? I think it was 96. Anyway, the song was kind of an inspirational song, basically saying, you know, the rest of your life is in front of you, and you're the one who gets to write the story. You don't have to, you know. So anyway, we had – Natasha was in town for a concert in October. We actually had her on near the tail end of September. So this is Natasha Bedingfield, one of our guests on the program. We have her as a guest today, new album, and she's coming through. Hey. Hello, Tim? Uh, yeah, I'm here. Hi. Hi. Hello. Natasha, Hello. how are you? Great. How are you? Wonderful. Thanks for hanging out for a few minutes. Oh, thank you too. Congratulations on the new album. Thank you. Must feel good. Labor of love. Get this thing to, to, to come out and be available finally. It's been a while. Has, has it been a long time in the making or just because it's been a long time since the last album doesn't mean it's been even working on all this time? When did you get started uh, with it? Um, I started with it two years ago. Uh, actually, maybe even a year ago. Um, but I've been writing an album for a few years, and it really does feel good to get this off my chest and get get a body of work out. Yeah. What's important to you when you're when you're working on an album? And, you know, in the end game, you've done a number of them, so you you know. But what's important about the process for you? Oh well, I feel like it's important that the um, that there's a flow and that there's a, a feeling and that you're saying something uh, worth saying. And um, you know, the main thing is that it really translates well live you know mm. a lot of times you can make something in the studio and you think it's good but like really that's the big test isn't it when you get out into an audience and kind of um yeah I, that's where i really shine that's what i love is the whole live experience part of it yeah well, that was my main challenge when i was writing I, I said to linda perry look i really want to create an album that reflects how how great things can be live i have that that kind of experience that's very interesting. I just uh, talked with uh, another uh, artist the other day and asked, do you just kind of focus on doing songs and then worry about the live part later? And in, in your case, it's very interesting you have both parts in mind from the start. So Yeah, I'm, people ask me all the time in interviews, what's your favorite thing? Is it songwriting or is it, um, is it performing live? And really, honestly, it's both. I 
love both. And I kind of, I kind of go from one to the other. Sometimes I'm like, okay, now I'm, if I'm in the studio too long, I'm like, okay, I'm ready to go on the road. And it's the, the same way the other way around. Like if I'm on the road too long and don't get to write, I go a bit crazy. So <laughs> I like good balance of both. And my ideal is actually to write while I'm on the road. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That makes total right. sense. Yeah, right. Because you have such a crazy energy on, you know, I get such a high from being on stage. And, um, you know, imagine like having to go into, you know, home to a ho- into a hotel or a bus with that energy. And like, where do you take it? So for me, <laughs> like I remember Prince always used to do these after show parties and like these, um, he would just go for hours. And, and the reason being, you just want to keep that, that high for as long as you can. Yeah. Yeah, and just to shut it off, like, that's got to be difficult to just, I, I'm on the very simple level, I know you're just playing like a, a sporting event and playing baseball or something, and you're like all jacked up because you just had a really big game and had to go home and be quiet. It's like, wait. <laughs> so you yeah. go, go out with the guys for a while and hang out and have Keep some wins. <laughs> the new album's called Roll With Me. We're chatting with Natasha Bedingfield, and uh, you get the chance to do what you're talking about because your, your tour is actually making yeah. a stop here in Philadelphia, October 17th at Union Transfer. So what are folks in store for at a concert? And do you prep a whole ton to go to plan? And have you started planning on what you're going to do? How you well, want to go about it? Well, this such an experience. It's going to feel, it's not like a show that you just watch. You're going to, like when you watch it, you're going to feel surrounded by it and it's going to lift your spirit and you're going to just find yourself swept away in it. And that's how it always, how it always is, it tends to be. Hmm. And uh, like I just kind of lose myself. Um, up there in the music and I feel like that's my main goal is that the, uh, anyone who comes can feel like they can kind of like forget about um, forget about the self-consciousness or the issue, issues and just kind of really have fun and yeah. Yeah. be together with a lot of people. You know, I was talking with, uh, we have a daughter who's disabled and one of the folks who works with us uh, with their therapy said, when I mentioned that we're going to be talking with you and the song Unwritten, which obviously is the song that does what you just said, which helps people really be encouraged and motivated. She's like, I remember that song. We used it for our sixth grade graduation. She's now 25 years old. And uh, for wow. me, I, you know, I heard it a number of times over the years at some pretty low or crossroady kind of times. It was a good boost. And I'm sure you've heard plenty yeah. of stories, but must really feel good to know so many people have been encouraged and motivated by a song like that. I just love to hear stories like that. It really um, makes my day. So thank you so much. I love it um, because that's what music does for me. Um, but, you know, I, it's nice to know I'm not alone in the world. <laughs> it's not just me. And, yeah, um, yeah I, the, the, those stories kind of feed me and help me keep going as well. Yeah. You've collaborated over the years, too, with a lot of wonderful musicians and artists and, like, you know, classics like Paul McCartney and Stevie Wonder to newer artists Bruno Mars, Sheryl Crow. Uh, and they've been around for a while, too. But is there anything in particular, just as a fun question, about uh, what you've observed from them or something you say, oh, I never knew that about him, but when I got to know him, I could see up close. This is something I, I could learn from or I could take with me to, you know, as I do my thing. Uh, well, you know, I just, it's, it's such an honor to work with legends um, like all the people that you mentioned. And I think I feel like I learn something every time. And one of the things I've noticed is that the people who are the, the biggest legends, they're the nicest people and they're really kind to everyone, hmm. most of them. And it's funny because a lot of the, like, newer upstarts <laughs> <laughs> yeah well i feel like people are trying so hard to be a big star and they they they, they might think that means being mean to people around them for some reason i, I just hmm. I, i'm always careful to look at how people are you know to the cab driver or to you know to um uh someone's mom or i love it that's great my husband it, like sometimes i'll go to a meeting and I'm, i live in la and people will be like 
um, oh, Natasha, blah, 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 and then they'll meet my husband and be like, oh, hi. You know, just yes. and then go back to me. And I'm like, oh, well, you're, you just kind of showed me that you're not a very nice person, you know? <laughs> right. I know that's one thing I've learned off these legends is that they are classy people. I mean, it's just like Tom Cruise, like he's, he's, he's amazing. He cares about people. Like you feel mm. like the person he's talking to. I know your time's precious. I just want one last question for you. I know your mom founded a charity. It was called Global Angels, I think. And just if you have a second to talk about that work and, and why you care about that and your passion for that. And my mom has a, an amazing charity, and it's all about um, keeping keeping charities honest, actually. She kind of um, – there's like 100% promise, and she finds the best projects, and people can uh, – basically 100% of their money is going to go to um, – the charity that they want to give to and hmm. there's some incredible projects so check it out it's cool okay. thank you you're welcome thank you for taking time congratulations again on the record it's natasha beddingfield who joined us back in september uh, i want to uh, say something as well Again, about the program, if you're just tuning in, it's the Tim DeMoss Show on AM560, WFIL.com, and on the app. And uh, we're playing a few clips from this year just to give a little smattering of what the program is about. All the podcasts are available at WFIL.com. Have uh, fun downloading them. They're all free. Listen to as as you like, share them with friends and things. Uh, But the program, over the last year and a half, we've had a lot of different guests. Some you'll know very well, very famous people. Some you wouldn't know if you ran into them in the street. Uh, but that's on purpose, partly because we believe that everybody's valuable and made in God's image. And therefore, you have value, whether you know it or not. You have value, eternal value, because you're made in the Creator's image. And um, what Natasha was saying there about um, about not kind of, you know, don't just pay attention to me. This is my husband. My husband, don't blow by him and just look at me because I'm the famous one. That's another, uh, not, Natasha's probably not basing it on this, but I am. James chapter 2 is the other kind of main scripture I often bring up on this program, and here's why. Here's what James 2 says. My brothers and sisters, as believers in our glorious Lord Jesus Christ, do not show favoritism. Suppose a man comes into your meeting wearing a gold ring and fine clothes, and a poor man in shabby clothes also comes in. If you show special attention to the man wearing fine clothes and say, here's a good seat for you, but say to the poor man, you stand there. Or sit on the floor by my feet. Have you not discriminated among yourselves and become judges with evil thoughts? And then it goes on and talks about uh, in verse eight: If you really keep the royal law found in Scripture, love your neighbor as yourself, you are doing right. But if you show favoritism, you sin and are convicted by the law as lawbreakers. That's serious language. It's James chapter two. And so, in a nutshell, how I apply that to this program is I really. As we think about who to have on, yeah, sure, we'll, we'll have guests who are famous or some connection. That, that's obvious. It's, that's great if that can happen. But we'll have guests on every now and again for sure. And I, and I welcome this, including callers, honestly. To me, you're just as valuable as someone who's famous. Again, based upon your worth being tied to the fact that God made you. And so this program, if you listen long enough, you will hear a cross-section of people you know, people you don't know, not just because you're not familiar with them, but because they don't have a profile. They're not famous in any shape or form. Um, and I would like to, as Lord willing, we enter 2020 doing this program to continue intentionally seeking that out and validating, for example, if you have a, a, a simple ministry you're doing, and maybe you, maybe you have no official ministry except you have a chance to reach across your, your, um, your street and help a shut-in, and you bring a meal to that person or you help a single mom with carrying that load, whatever it is, that's a ministry. You're not a 501c3 and you're not going to be able to receive donations officially or have some big website 
And no one may need to know anything about that or, or knows anything about it. Uh, but I would love to hear from more people like that, at, at Lord willing, in 2020, because I think it's really important people know that their ministry is happening right around them. And you can read, I may have a platform here, for example, with this show, but I can't reach the people you're connected to. I don't even know them. And so be affirmed in the fact that your your ministry, is, your life is ministry. When people throw that phrase around, I'm in full-time ministry, I'm like, we're all in full-time ministry if we're, if we're doing it right. It's not about having a job where they pay you to speak about God or something. Your life is full-time ministry. So make sure to be encouraged with that. The person right in front of you, person across the hall, the student in your class, whatever it is, uh, seek first, you know, God's kingdom and seek to be a blessing as he gives you the opportunity. And so that's what, um, to me, I, when, when Natasha Benningfield said that about her husband, totally resonated, made total sense to me. And I love the fact that just having her on allowed the opportunity to hear that's how she thinks, that that's important to her. You know, she may not be doing it because of what James 2 says or what the Bible says, but she knows it when she sees it. And to me, if we have a chance to cross paths again, maybe that'll be an opportunity to bring up James 2 and have a conversation with her. So that's an example of how and why and what this program is about. We'll go to a quick break. We'll come back, give you a couple more little clips. And again, the podcast of these programs are at WFIL.com. Back with more in just a moment on WFIL. And by the way, it was 2006. I was off by a decade when I said 96. 2006 was the year that this song was the big song of the year. Live and local. It's the Tim DeMoss Show, weekday afternoons 4 till 5 on AM 560 WFIL and at WFIL.com. Our podcast continues. Four fifty on the Tim DeMoss Show on WFIL. Thanks for tuning in today. Uh, at the beginning of our little break, there, you heard a little blurb on Grand Old Gospel uh, program. Actually, airs weeknight, uh, uh, Saturday night. Sorry, Sunday nights at seven thirty on WFIL. And there's another airing or two over the course of the weekend. Thought I would give you a quick clip of Pastor Tony Hart who is uh, very much connected with that program and the churches that, that it's based on, the, the network in the area. Let's just give you a quick clip. This is from May of this year, May 20th to be specific. If you want to get the podcast, this this is uh, Pastor Tony Hart talking about the Grand Ole Gospel Fellowship and the ministry. The ministry of GOGF, as I said, there falls under all that we do falls under one of those three categories, planting churches, preparing leaders, and proclaiming the gospel. And um, so we talked about the fellowship of churches that, that we seek to continue to grow yeah. um, and see churches planted. But then the, under the preparing leaders piece, we do three mission trips a year to developing countries to train pastors that don't have the same opportunities that we have here. Hmm. And uh, in fact, in a few weeks in the middle of June, we'll be going to Uganda really? and doing a uh, partnership with Lancaster Bible College. They have an institute there in Kampala, the capital of Uganda. And I'm looking forward to training about 200 pastors there in Kampala for a a week or so. And and so, you know, I really take that seriously. I remember back in the mid-90s when I went on my first 
mission trip uh, to train a, a training conference. Um, I was asked by a different ministry altogether to come and help teach. Hmm. And, uh, and I just remember um, at a break one day, I was under a tree outside trying to get some fresh air. And uh, one of the, the pastors came to me and said, um, just want to thank you for coming all the way over here to teach us. And, um, and he said that this reminds me of the story of Joseph and how, you know, he was sold into slavery, but then he was risen to a position of, of power and position. And, and so he was able to help the family. And, uh, you know, all the way back on the airplane, I couldn't shake that image that it's true that, that, yeah, maybe we came to this country under bad conditions and being, you know, drugged through slavery. But the Lord has blessed us here and the Lord has has equipped us here. And so the opportunity to go back and help some of our brothers and sisters um, that don't have those same opportunities, I think that that's more than just a responsibility. It's an obligation that we have to do that. So we yeah. focus on training pastors and church leaders in India, in Africa, and throughout the Caribbean. That's sort of where we focus. Um, it was a brother that I went to school with, uh, went to seminary with, and he trains pastors in Asia and the Philippines and Vietnam and those areas. And wow. we talk quite a bit because we're doing very similar kinds of ministry, but in two different parts of the world. And uh, But it's a very needed ministry to, to equip the church, the national church in these countries so that they can effectively do what uh you know missionaries no longer can do yeah. many many countries sixty percent of the world now missionaries can't even go in as a missionary anymore wow and uh so it's a it's a needed ministry to equip those leaders that's dr tony Hart uh pastor and dr Tony Hart from the Grand Ole Gospel Fellowship again seven thirty to eight. You can catch a program on Sunday nights the Grand Ole Gospel hour been on for many years. And one of many interviews over the past year. So help yourself to the podcast of that. We love to have pastors and, and those both national and local, those who are right in the community, so you can get a better idea of who they are, where they're coming from, maybe visit their church. So that's a, one of the many facets of the program as well. Again, that's May 20th of this year. You can look that podcast up. Quick final break, and we'll give you a little more insight into what this program is about on the other side. And uh, thanks for listening in, by the way. It's Tim DeMoss Show and WFIL. Back in a second. Have a guest you'd like to hear on the Tim DeMoss Show on AM560 WFIL? Email D at WFIL.com. 456 on the Tim DeMoss Show and WFIL. We have given you some clips from various guests we've had in the program this year, but you, the individual listener, certainly have been mini guests, if you will, throughout the year. We had Ruth call in during Thanksgiving. The one time I live in South Jersey, my parents live up in Bergen County. And I'm happen to be the healthcare proxy. Yeah. So if he has to go to the emergency room, I have to drive up there. So it was a Sunday, October 13th. I was called and it was out of control. So I had to go up. He had, thought he had an infection. I normally go by myself. I'm like, called up. I said, Mom, you want to go with me? Um, and my sister, they thought about it and they said, okay, they'll go. Normally they don't go. We got in there. My sister went in with the ambulance. And um, it was a hassle to get a switch, but we able to get. I was back there because I'm the healthcare proxy. They normally don't let anybody else back there. The nurse said, "Okay, so he's going on hospice. Let's get everybody else back here." So everybody else, mom and sister, we all came. 
while we're talking to him, he had a fatal arrhythmia. Wow. My sister ran out, got help. I'm gone with mom. He's gone. They came in. They rested. They paddled him. Normally, I would be there by myself, and he would have died. he would have been gone. Hmm. And just God just wow just put all those pieces together. Just, wow, yeah. Kind of blows my mind when I really think about what he does. That's Ruth who called in the 25th of November as part of what we were doing this year. So. That's just a little cross-section of 2019. There are hundreds more uh, programs available to you. Enjoy. Uh, download the podcast. Listen, they're all free at WFIL.com. Maybe we'll play a couple more clips for you tomorrow. And I uh, give you an idea of some of the authors we've had and some of the athletes and things like that, too. And, of course, the individual callers. We love you guys a lot, uh, one by one, and hope to have many more of those in 2020. Jim Maxim, Max 413 Ministries, leads a prayer next. Have a good night. Thanks for listening to the Tim DeMoss Show podcast. Feel free to tune in to the full show each weekday afternoon from 4 till 5 on AM 560 WFIL and at WFIL.com. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.